cast your minds back to the beginning where it all began. A Champions League preview. Liverpool versus Real Madrid, I believe it was. We gave some ridiculously poor takes. We gave Valverde. Oh, I gave Valverde. I was like, this game's got goals written all over it. If you're a better, over 2.5 goals. And what was it, 1-0? And we stunk it up. So stinky. And we're back nearly a whole, over a whole year later. Come on. To give you our prediction on the next Champions League final. The next, the only Champions League final. We've got Manchester City versus Inter Milan. It's board draw, episode 49. Get involved. It's a big yeah, one. Big one. Big one. So, Roz, the Champions League is about to come to its ultimate conclusion. Yes. Who would have thought Inter Milan in the final? I think a lot of people would have had Man City in there, just yeah. on the calibre of their team. But You had Man City in your little predictor situation. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, Inter, but not, I don't think anyone had Inter Milan. Nah, a lot of people had Napoli on that side of the draw. I think the problem is, though, the City side of the draw was so much stronger than yeah. the uh, the Inter Milan side of the draw. But kudos to Inter Milan. They can only beat who's, who's put in front of them. So, But yeah, it's going to be interesting. We're going to be uh, talking you through today just a little bit of a preview of the game, sort of some predicted lineups, and just have a look back at the roads that both these teams have taken in terms of how they got to the Champions League final. And yeah, we'll give you our little predictions at the end of, as always, spot on. But yeah, yeah, let's get right into it. We'll just, uh, let's talk about Man City for, first. I feel like Man City are the ones we're going to have the most content on. Yeah, but um, them. Just beat Man United 2-1. It wasn't the most convincing performance. No, I've seen a lot of people say that Man City's last few uh, results haven't been the most convincing. Obviously, they lost to Brentford. I mean, then, the most convincing one of recent memory was the Real Madrid goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And since then, and obviously it's a case of resting players for this Champions League and so on so forth but yeah the Man United game I saw Ten Hag say we're the only team that have given Man City this tough of a game blah 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 Ten Hag's been waffling all season but I do want to give kudos to Man United because they did trouble them but I don't think that's going to be the same case in this final I don't think Inter Milan have the I mean, I say that though, but and they're a good team. But they are good, yeah. They, they are. You can't underestimate them, and um, they've got they've got the the utility there to to damage um, Manchester City. And you look at teams Man City, cause Man City trouble. There's no reason why Inter Milan can't do that, but they've got to execute a game plan perfectly. Yeah, but I, and I think Man City, this Man City team, are t- just killers, and they will just strangle the game from minute one. Yeah, uh, and they just I can't see Inter Milan dominating the game and. It's going to be a case of Inter's goalkeeper putting on an absolute masterclass. And he has. He's had a good route to the final with Andre Onana. Um, but, yeah, I think it's... I might say something outlandish right now. I think that um, that Man United result, I don't think they put as much stock in that FA Cup final as um, some of the other games they've had this season. And the games where they put a lot of stock in, I'd say the Real Madrid game, when they played Arsenal at the Etihad, um, they're probably the two, and then maybe like the other Champions League games, like the Bayern one. Yeah. Um, they're the games where I think City are putting a lot of stock in it, and those games where they care a lot, they've won hella FA Cups, and obviously the treble is this big thing, blah, 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 but I don't think they really care between doing the treble or doing the Premier League and Champions, Champions League, League double. Yeah. Like, I don't think that really 
is too much on their minds. The games they want to win, they want to get that Prem over the line. So they wanted to batter Arsenal. They wanted to beat Arsenal. And they need to get this Champions League over the line. So they, they put stock in these games. And those games, we've seen them absolutely dominate Bayern Munich. We've seen them absolutely dominate Real Madrid. We saw them absolutely dominate Arsenal. So the games where are they're on, mate, they're they're a different different breed to any other team in the in the world. And yeah, I think this will be that kind of game where they got one more game left to do everything they've ever wanted. They're going to be on crud. They've got like a completely injury free team going into mm. this game, and with this game, they can kill two sort of birds with one stone. They, I mean, they they cancel that Champions League curse. And they also take the treble off their most heated rivals. So they're going to be so switched on. So there is never... This is the biggest game in Man City's history. 100%. Yeah. I mean, you can go back to the Aguero game, but if they don't win that, that's another Premier League like that. They slipped away, but it was close. You know what I mean? It's not... Yeah. And then go on and It's important because of the moment. Yeah. And the situation happening. But the game itself... This is a much bigger game. This is a Champions League title. And like you said, this is a Champions League title and the treble. This would make them the biggest club in Manchester. The most dominant, probably the the biggest most dominant club in English England, team of all time. Yeah. It, and yeah, it cements all it's their names period, anyway. in like fucking like legendary status, Hall of Fame. No one can ever go back to Man City and win the first Champions League. Exactly that. You know what I mean? It's the first. First Champions League for them would be the first treble. Uh, the only treble since Man United in England, I think. I don't know the actual situation there. But yeah, I think they're going to be so turned on mentally. It's just, is there Turned a hangover? switched on, both. Penises will be bulging, the brains will be bulging, but... Pep's forehead's going to be so The only thing you can say is maybe there's like a, a hangover from the FA Cup, but I doubt there will be. Don't think they were really pushed too hard. I don't think they really had to fight too much. They were in control for the majority of the yeah, game. Yeah, there wasn't like much like, oh shit, we It wasn't like they were last ditch defending. They weren't like putting the bodies yeah. on the line. And like Man United were never in front. They got back to one all, and then Man City... Uh, went in front again immediately and so they were never like a goal behind and having to push they were always like a goal ahead so they scored literally immediately so they already were like taking their foot off the gas and then they concede and then score again immediately so it's one of those where like they were never like you said at panic stations they're always ahead or getting ahead like pretty quick so yeah um, I think they're ready what's the difference between Man City last season in the Champions League and this season is it the gamesmanship? Is it the sort of the, the feeling of controlling games? Because last year, they, apart from the Rumsford game, where it literally just got away from them, yeah. they were pretty much in control. They looked like they were good money to get onto that final winner. Yes. And the difference is, obviously, the season, uh, the Haaland factor, mm. the John Stones factor. Mate, I saw a tweet. It's like, it's crazy how the best centre mid in the Prem is a centre back. He is incredible. <laughs> so good, you see man. the clip where he like spins like he's like, going own, back to his, his box. box. Yeah, it's crazy. And he just spins like three. Yeah, he's like Sergio Busquets reincarnated. Mate, mate it's crazy. he is so good. But more handsome. But I wonder if this is just like a purple patch or if he generally is like. Because I, I think we, we everyone knew he was really good. Yeah. But he like never really reached his potential. But now we're seeing something it's crazy. else. Crazy. Uh, yeah, it could be a purple patch because like this city team are flying and maybe he looks like he's flying in a flying team. But even still, he is. You've got, to have, you've got to have it to be able to do it. Back to your question about... Fucking hell. Um, back to your question about um, what's different between this Man City team and the one of last year or even the year before that. Um, I don't know the stats on this, but this season, I've got them here. 
on City's road to the Champions League final, seven wins, five draws, no losses. I don't know what it was like in their previous couple of seasons, but I can't imagine it was zero losses. And I think that's the difference. I said it in a podcast a couple of weeks ago that this City team, they might not be the best attacking team, they might not be the best defensive team, but they're like one of the best teams I've ever seen are just not losing a game. They'll either get a draw out of it or batter teams. They just don't lose. And that's what you need in knockout football. And that's definitely what you need in a Champions League final. If, you, if you're going to win, you can't lose. I mean, the thing, the difference between Man City's run and the Inter's run is that Inter have been pushed. Mm. They, the... Um, Two they, losses. They, they had the 1-0 against Porto, then yeah. the 0-0 where Porto were pushing. Then they had the quarterfinals where Benfica nearly mounted a comeback in, on the, in the second leg. And then, yeah, that, they were pretty dominant over Ace Milan, but Ace Milan came out fast and hard in that second leg. Um, so the game is definitely more tiring. And I think they played this weekend as well, like in the league, didn't they? Yeah, La Liga, uh, La Liga Serie A finished this weekend. And um, they also had the um, Coppa Italia this weekend, I think, against Fiorentina. That just happened. They won that. So they're off the back of um, a uh, domestic trophy. So I think it'd be interesting. I think... I think if it was... So a lot of people in this side of the draw had Napoli. And then I think I had... If Napoli didn't go through, I think I had AC Milan. So I think I didn't put much stock in in Milan. But watching them, especially in the Champions League, what I noticed against AC Milan is just how good they are defensively. And it'll be interesting to see these two teams because they both play with a three at the back, but they shape up quite differently. Man City's absolutely not ever a five at the back. Whereas Inter... The three years of five at the back yeah, at with, certain uh, points. Yeah, Dumfries and uh, what's his name on the Exactly. Left. So it's interesting to see how Man City's forward five attack um, Inter Milan's defensive five because in the other Champions League games, Inter Milan looks solid at back, but I don't think they've come up with come up against a team like City yet. I mean, they. I've seen Bastoni come out and say he watched how Rudiger handled Haaland in yeah. that first leg, which is probably the most. The best we defensive said that was display. yeah the best defensive. And it was it was mind blowing to me that he was dropped for the second leg. Yeah, so dumb, literally because the Militao helped Carlo Ancelotti out of the plane. Yeah, so dumb, but, or something. Um, but yeah, I I have a I have like a sneaking suspicion that Inter Milan will come out with the, some sort of sit back and absorb pressure game plan. And when they've got the likes of Enzeko up top, it's asking if it, 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 it's asking like for a, a storyline. Yeah, 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 literally. Yeah, like and he'll do the. Yeah, that'd be nuts. It would be insane. And They've imagine, got killers in their team. I think a lot of teams... Rom, are, <laughs> big Rom, mate. Big Rom, like, mate. That's, that's a player... Man, to, imagine bringing him off the bench. For Man United, for his, like, allegiance. Does he have any allegiance? I don't really know. But he's got allegiance to Chelsea and to Manchester United. So And West Brom. <laughs> and, and Everton. Everton. Yeah. So all of them just fuck Man City, big Rom for a winner. <laughs> but um, I think what Inter Milan have that I like is they've got um, a lot of star quality in the midfield. I've obviously got Barella, who I think is just insane. Top tier, yeah. He's got an engine on him. And I think that's what you need against Man City when you don't have a lot of the ball. They're passing it left to right. They're you will pre- very rarely outplay them and you, you're like even less of a chance of being better technically than them. Mm. What you can do is outwork them. 100%. And, that you, and they're the games that Pep gets pissed at. The yeah. games his team get clearly outworked. Clearly, clearly. And they got workers in this team. They got Barella. They got Brozovic. They got um, the fullbacks are good workers, so I think, yeah, in the midfield where City like to kind of dictate the game, John Stones obviously pushing in there as well. 
there's normally about four or five Man City players in the central area. I mean, they've so, got Matteo Damian as well. That's a Man United uh, throwback. Yeah, so um, I think if uh, the midfield unit of Inter Milan have a good game, they could stifle Man City. I think Barella as well, he's got quality in the attacking third as well, which is good. And that's the thing. They're all good defensive units, but like Chad Noglu, he'll score you a free kick. He'll score you a long ranger. Barella, he gets up and down the pitch like nobody's business. And then you've got Dzeko and Martinez That's, who are finishers. Like, for me, the way Inter Milan win this, if they set up how so we got this predicted team up, is they win on the horizontal. Is that, no, the diagonal. The diagonal being Carl Walker in mm. that sort of right centre-back, right-back role oh, and okay. through the pitch. So you go, mm. you go through that way. So you've got the Walker, Stones, and then sort of into the De Bruyne, into Haaland. You win on that diagonal. So they've got to have whoever's playing that left CM role has got to be cutting out those passing lanes and stifling the John Stones into De Bruyne. Because mm. John Stones will push up into the 10 and De Bruyne splits off and becomes like a shadow striker. Mm. And at that point, you're just overwhelmed at the back because you've got Bernardo Silva pushing down one side of the wing. You've got Jack Grealish ready for the switch. And Gundogan, that's why he scores so many goals is because he's just floats on the edge of the box. He's always that last man run into the box. Yeah, you've so got to you've be got, turned on the whole game. Like you say, the midfield engine has got to be working. All three of them, no matter who's in there, it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean... Yeah. Maybe we see them literally play really sitting deep. They've got like a, a, a flat three with a flat five almost compacted into each other. Mm. And they literally just have Jekyll as a platform with Lissandro Martinez to play off. Yeah. And hope that the uh, DeMarco and uh, Dumfries can get down the wings. I think if they get to half-time, nil-nil, I think they're in for something. Because not that Pep is the kind of guy to get uh, nervy. Not that these players We've are. We've seen him these, make these players bad, are bad decisions. But he could make a bad decision. And then Man, like we were saying earlier, game, Rom off the bench, Cold. that is naughty if you've got tired players that are mentally a bit like what the heck's going on and then you bring on Rom who will body everyone like I, I've said this about City's team this season one thing that goes under the radar the is just how physical they are they're bigger than every single team in the league and um, I was saying this to a guy at work he was like um, I think that's where Arsenal lost the game when we played them earlier in the season is that we have quality they have quality but physically People like John Stones, Rodri, Kevin, and then Haaland were just bullying our defenders and midfielders. And so if Inter are up for the physical fight and then um, later on in the game you wear them down and bring on Rom, he'll buddy, bully, uh, buddy, buddy? He'll bully any, any of those um, midfielders or um, defenders. And I think, yeah, if you get late into the game, the long ball tactic... Yeah, I'm just looking at someone like I'm. I'm not overly familiar with Inter Milan's team. Obviously, I've really only watched him in the Champions League. But the likes of uh, Brozovic, they've they got, got uh, Mikatarian as got well. Origi, huh? Have they got Divock Origi? No, that's no, AC that's Milan. Milan. Uh, Stefan De Vries, defender, he's a bit of a unit as well. Uh, Bellanova, they've got some really good players like that can come off the bench and cause issues. Mm. Um, and Onana as well is one of the top top keepers in the world. Him and um, is it Manyan, the AC Milan keeper? Yeah. Both in, incredible keepers. Um, yeah, I think, do you know what? It, it looks really favourable to Man, Man City. And that's just because we know what they're capable of. Yeah. But we, we can't discredit Inter Milan. If they come at this with a game plan and they execute, and like you say, if they can get to half-time at 0-0, I think that's literally like the ideal game plan. Just get to half-time at 0-0 and you've sort of weathered the, the first come Yeah, Man City will come out hard. And then Man City will want to win it in 90 minutes. They, they, they won't want it to go to penalties because they know no, penalties shaky, is, yeah. 
they've got they've got the advantage in the ninety minutes, even extra time. So the more you drag it out, the more they're going to throw forward, the more you can hit them on the counter. It's going to be a classic David versus Goliath. I'm buzzing for it, and like you said, we put in a big stock in Man City, but. Chelsea did it and I'd argue that that Chelsea team that played Man City in that final were worse than this Inter Milan team. So, bear that in mind. But then are the final? A couple of seasons when Chelsea beat... um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's one of those where... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So, it's one of those where Man City have got previous. Pep Guardiola, he's won two, lost two Champions League finals. So, his record isn't buzzing. Yaya Torres curse could still be there. So I wouldn't, if I was an Inter Milan, be totally pessimistic. I think there is a chance, but the challenge doesn't come much harder than this Man City team. They are definitely the best team in the world and playing the best football in the world right now. They, so, have, they have all the assets. It's, it's just literally it. just... Yeah. And obviously we spoke about this, I think, did we speak about this last week? Biggest asset being Pep Guardiola. He is... The he, brain man. But um, are you hoping that he does it just so he leaves? Yeah, we said this, get him out of the Prem, just give him the treble and get him out. Yeah, but you know what's going to happen then? Like, English football is going to just plummet. It won't plummet. I don't really it, care. No, it won't plummet. It won't plummet. Let it plummet. As long as it becomes more competitive, I'm, I'm, up, I'm up for that. Yeah. Like, fucking, the, the we, were saying, we were saying about Serie A, was it last week or the week before? Four different champions in the last four years. Bring that on, mate. We've had the same one five years. Team in the in the Champions League final, team in the Europe, yeah. Europa League final, team in the conference. So that's final. that's juicy, mate. I don't care if we're the best league in the world or not. To, we to be fair, are, though, if uh, West Ham beat Fiorentina and City beat Inter Milan, Italy would have lost three finals this year. That is not tutto bene. Not tutto, tutto male. That is tutto male. Come back after the break. We'll be uh, talking more about the Champions League final because that's what this episode is about. Bash. Back, a little bit more Champions League goss. Luke, how, if we think Man City are going to win, I think the odds are, what is it? what's the Hunger Games quote? like the odds are in your favour or whatever they say. The odds are very much in Man City's favour. They are indeed. But how, if any way does occur, that Inter beat this Man City team, how do they do it? How do Inter beat Man City? Mm. I'll tell you. Tactical masterclass inbound. Shave your hair first. Inzaghi, if you're watching... You've got a nice trim, though. But yeah, you, you should go bald. Was, we should do a segment where we like... You get a, a cap on. Like yeah, it's cap. like, how do you do this tactical thing? The and then cap. we go off, off stage, come back on, <laughs> yeah. and then we come back bald and we're like, bosh, tactical coach's voice kind of situation. Coach's masterclass. Masterclass, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we like real zoomed in camera, like the board out, everything. <laughs> yeah, so right. how Man City... No, how Inter beating this Man City team, this dominant, physical, lethal Man City team? Player for player, Man City are better. Yep. Manager versus manager, Man City are better. Yep. You have to employ the dark arts and you have to win key battles in areas of the pitch and hope that Man City do not adapt. What does Arteta say? You got to win your duels. It's 100% true. And But Inter Milan have the players and the fight to do it. Like mm. We've seen with our Serie A teams, they have the fight. That is like what Serie A is about. And they got the dark arts, didn't the they? The dark arts they are can, down. Like, they can rattle a man. For me, one of the main points is um, getting your wing backs. So uh, Dumfries and DeMarco, they've got to play high up the pitch, really high up. And they've got to press back and um, they've got to pin back Bernardo Silva and Grealish, really. Because that's what we're saying. Man City are going to play that five in the attack. And if this Inter team sit back deep, they've got a five in defence, but they can't sit back deep the whole game. The two wide uh, fullbacks, 
need to push those wingers back. You've got to sort of like not worry about Haaland. The more you worry about him, yeah, and the more you track him, the more effective he is, because you need to focus on cutting the supply. Yeah, he will do nothing if he doesn't get the ball. He'll do nothing, and he's not he's not going to do anything if he gets the ball. He has to come deep to get the ball. Yeah, he's not Harry Kane. Do you know what I mean? He won't. He if he comes deep to get the ball, he he's good. He's 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 an excellent. He can he can make a play. Yeah, but he is nowhere near the level of Harry Kane. Yeah, in terms of doing that. Even Dzeko is probably better at coming deep to get the pick up the ball, yeah. I would argue. You've got to get your wing-backs high up the pitch. You've got to pin back Grealish and you've got to pin back uh, David Silva. And then you've got to keep that back three of City, that, that um, Ake, Akanji, Diaz, Walker, whoever's playing in the three, they've yeah. got to keep it really narrow to make sure that they can't play that expansive football out from the back. They can't just instantly cut out three players with a pass. Once you've cut, you pin back those uh, wide players... You've got to win the battles in the middle of the pitch. You've you got, got to, to have, win your duels. You've got to have uh, the... Um, you said this as well. You Brozovic playing the Champions League. I think Mkhitaryan, you said, is injured. Yeah, so Mkhitaryan has been starting in that three with... It'd be Mkhitaryan... Barella and Chalanoglu. Chalanoglu and Barella. But I think, yeah, Mkhitaryan's a doubt. And I think that doesn't harm... I think Mkhitaryan in a game like this, where it's going to be physical, it's going to be high intensity, it's going to be arduous for them because they don't have the ball. I think someone like Brozovic, who is a bit more combative, a bit more Can defensively break up the play sound, a bit more, yeah. I think that is a perk to have him in. And then we were talking about potentially how Man United stifled um, Man City in the 2-1 win they had in the Prem. They had someone just following De Bruyne around in Fred. So if they get someone to do similar... Barella or uh, Brozovic can man mark. That's how you cut the supply to Haaland. Exactly that, because that's where Arsenal did uh, uh, like a shambles, because De Bruyne just ran absolutely ravage on Arsenal. When he was playing that shadow striker role with Haaland um, against Arsenal, no one was picking up De Bruyne. He was having an absolute field day in that kind of space between the midfield and defence. Someone needs to watch De Bruyne. And like you said, if you cut out De Bruyne supplying Haaland, De Bruyne supplying the uh, wide players, you're in for a chance. So get someone. Doesn't necessarily have to mark him all game. Just make sure someone is clued up about where De Bruyne is moving. 100% agree with you. I think as well, what you could do is you, you play you play Dzeko as sort of the, the, the target man. Mm. And you have Lissandro Martinez in that sort of like Lautaro. shadow striker. Uh, sorry, yeah. Lautaro Martinez in that shadow striker. Can you get Lissandro in? Maybe he does a job. Maybe he's competitive. Come on. Um, yeah, no, we get uh, Lataro Martinez in that sort of like 10, like forward, like, mm. I don't know, like centre forward position where he's playing off the uh, the front of uh, Dzeko. Dzeko keeping the defenders with his back with his physicality. He's got, you've got that out ball then, especially if you want to hit quick on the counter. But then you have like uh, Lataro Martinez. He can like float and he can annoy Rodri and, and uh, Stones when Stones goes to step yeah. in. You've got to... I spoke about this earlier. The vert, uh, the um, diagonal line that goes across the pitch from Man City's right side all the way through to Haaland, sort of. It's their key key players. It's their key yeah. key players. You've got even you go from Walker, Stones, De Bruyne, Haaland. However you want to play it like that, you've got to cut out that line. Mm. You've got to cut out the line. So it's really important that um, Inter flood their midfield and don't let John Stones step into that four line he John Stones if you, if he is going to be playing in and around like the edge of the uh, the halfway line or he's playing around the edge of your box the edge of the D you've got an issue there because yeah. you will you will be outnumbered yeah you're going to be there. you cannot possibly pick up every single man because they are moving fluid yeah 100% the only thing you let John Stones in there 
you've got to crunch him, get the ball back, and then the turnover would be crazy because Man City have so many players forward. So either you let Johnstones press up, but you make sure you don't give him the time to make that extra pass because if that extra pass happens and he plays in De Bruyne, plays in Haaland, you're in trouble. But if he pushes up and you crunch him, get the ball back, and the turnovers are in the right position, if you turn over possession when Man City are flooding forward, on the break, Inter can do it. But you just can't give John Stones and De Bruyne that time in that central area because Man City, like you said, they're moving fluid at the moment. They'll they'll find that pass, and if they find that pass, you're in trouble. You've got to make sure you cut out those passes. You've got to, you've got to probably defend quite narrowed. I mean, the only issue with doing that is you you leave yourself at risk of. Uh, but crosses coming in from deep into the head of Erling Haaland, who is yeah. an absolute monster in the air. And Man City have the delivery across the pitch. Like mm. half their team are just phenomenal at whipping balls in. Um, but for me, the main thing that Inter have to do is they have to go in with a plan. And every single one of their personnel has to understand the plan and stick Got to be the on plan. Job, yeah. You can't have one or two players pressing and then the other ones sitting back. Mm. And because it, it will be disjointed and Man City will have a field day. If you're going to play the press, it needs to be the most organised press yeah. in the world. And I feel like they won't. I feel like a lot of Serie A teams, they're good when they know they're the underdog, when they go into a big game against uh, a La Liga giant or a Premier League giant. They know they're the underdog and that's when they start sitting back, they defend well, they get that kind of Mourinho-esque part of the bus situation. And they love that and they live off that and they they can sense when the opposition's getting a little bit annoyed and then they'll rattle you a bit more. And I think if they do that as well, they kind of rattle, they pick out the players in City that could be rattled. The Jack Grealish, Rodri maybe, maybe um, Bernardo Kev. Silva. Even Kev, mate. Yeah, KGB. yeah. If you rattle these players, get them booked early, maybe get Rodri on a yellow card early, you rattle them a little bit more and then something happens. So. I think the like one of the things that can't happen if, if they need to go behind in the first 10 minutes that's, that's they nightmare. lose that entire edge because Man City will just then they will control the ball and they will just look to play rondo after rondo yeah. around you and you won't have the ball and the minute you step it's up to try to get the ball yeah, you will you like you either when you're one all down you go and try and attack City to equalise the game they'll kill you off at that point I would love to see or like, the you sit back and then they'll just press you all game they'll have the ball in your area and you can't do anything so I would love to go. see the stats on how many games Man City have lost since they've gone ahead I, it must be it must be in like the single digits no genuinely I saw a tweet from the club fuck everybody on the club I think that's Boovy Adam McCola and Rory nah there's some of them nah right, Rory's actually. Rory's alright but uh, Boovy do you know what it's, it, actually, they're, yeah, nah, it, they're, they're entitled to their opinions nah so. it's fuck Boovy Adam McCola and Rory you're alright I don't have an opinion, man. I do. I always have an opinion. I don't even watch their content, man. No, neither do I. But it comes up on my Twitter annoyingly. Sometimes, sometimes they just spout stuff for the for the clips. Waffle. But but uh, they were talking about something to do with Man City and the, like them being behind. I think since like Jan, since mid twenty twenty one, so about two years now, Man City have been behind in a game for like not even ninety minutes. Or something like that. That's mental, isn't it? Some shit. I can't remember the stat. I've butchered it probably. But like, yeah. Total time. Total time them being on the pitch and behind in a game. I don't think it's... Less than than a full length game. That's mental. And so that kind of is testament to how... In control they just always are. Always in control. And 
Um, Inter cannot let them get a goal early or they I mean, will just I, suffocate I, I, To you. be fair to Man United, when they went behind within like, what was it, 14 seconds or mm. against um, when Gunnar scored in the FA Cup final, yeah. I thought, this is going to be 5-6, it's over. But City, uh, sorry, Inter, if they do, if they can keep it tight for 10, 15 minutes, City will then relax and they'll realise, right, this isn't the time. They pick their time. They sort of do what Real Madrid do and they yeah. pick their timings to put the pressure on. But Inter have got to be switched on the whole, whole time. The whole, whole time. There's I think everyone's got to be on job. Because if they switch up for a minute, that, that is the dangerous Man City team. That's why the odds are so in their favour because they are just are. They are the best team in the world. Yeah, easy. But they're not They're not unkillable. You can't you can take them down. We've seen it happen. I reckon, yeah, in Milan... You'll be worried, but I think they'd prefer it to be the underdogs. Like, I think this kind of situation... Obviously, you'd prefer it if, like, fucking... They came up against, like, Slavia Prague in the final. That's happy days in your favourites. But I think they won't They won't be put off by the fact that they are underdogs. They, I think they live for that kind My of thing. My last point on how Inter can take down the giant that is Man City. Set pieces. They have a set piece specialist in... Uh, they do indeed, yeah. And they've got some big players. They've got the likes of sort of like Bastoni. They've got Zeko. So they can they can put themselves about. Even Brozovic is quite yeah, like, yeah. So you know, take that advantage, utilize it, draw Man City into a nitty like gritty takedown game. Play play the rough and tumble. Get kick their ankles. You know, like that's it. Proper, get them, proper, wind them up. What rile them up? Draw them into it. I mean, Man City and Pep will not want to play that game. They want to play nice football because they know they win nice football every time because they've got the yeah, best exactly, team in the world. Yeah, yeah. But if you draw them into a battle, you can't do that and just make the most of those set pieces. Make the most of those set pieces. Man City aren't like the best team on the break. They're not like Liverpool in sort of that Bobby Firmino, Mane, uh, Salah era where they would just transition with one kick of the ball. Yeah. City build up through the phases and you've seen Kevin De Bruyne over the last few years where he's sort of losing that bit of pace and he, he ha- he's having to slow down. He can't just charge through the middle of the pitch as much as he used to do. You can't you can't take advantage of that. So yeah, it is, it is doable. This is not in So in 14 games, in a 14-game span, City have been losing for, what do you say, eight minutes. They've been behind for eight minutes. That's fucked. In 14 Two games. Dominant. Two dominant. Two dominant. dominant. <laughs> I found it. Yeah, sorry. I've been zoned out for a second. But yeah, 14 right. games to be behind for eight minutes. Inter Milan. In, Inter Milan needs to do that for... Well, actually, they don't need to do it for 90 minutes. They could... They could do it in for like one minute. Eight seconds. Yeah, so Inter Milan, there is a hope. You've got to believe. Prediction time, Roz? 3-1 Man City. I'm going to go 3-0 Man City. We say all that, but... Our predictions were wrong last year, so... In Milan fans, happy days for you. Happy days, yeah. We both predicted Liverpool, didn't we? Yes, we did. Right. Moving on to elsewhere in Europe, but actually still in Italy. Football news. Big boy Zlatan Ibrahimovic has announced his retirement from football. Is he overrated, underrated or rated? I think by anyone with a footballing brain, he's rated. Zlatan fans are completely like they're so wet. They're so they're so deluded. It's mental. It's like sort of those people on football Twitter who have like there's like they call them like Pessy or Penaldo, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like what are you on about? <laughs> like how like Christ. how 
like how small is your brain that you can't just enjoy football players yeah, you have to like resort to like, like how can you how can you ever diminish the achievements of Ronaldo or Messi mm. are you like yeah but you're you're on Twitter and because you, you've got an avatar like you yeah it's weird to have like much. such an allegiance to someone that doesn't even know who you Bro, are who the fuck supports football players like yeah. I like there's players that I like yeah, yeah but I don't like I don't know if you like Danny Welbeck, you don't just go from supporting Arsenal to Man United no, to Brighton. Facts, yeah. right? It's like, I have gaffed Saka up f- from the moment he, he, he goes to PSG. If he moves anywhere, he's he, like, done deal. I'd be like, I'll rate you. Yeah. You're a good player, but I'm not gaffing yeah, you up exactly. like I have been. And it's weird that people, yeah. Are I like, like Eze, but I don't support Palace now. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, weird behaviour. Everyone just chill the fuck out. Ibra yeah. was good, but was he that good? Zlatan, I think he, does he go down as one of the greats? It depends what you. Yeah, what, com- what conversation is he in? He's. In I would the, say at, like he's got to be a top ten striker of all time. He's in the conversation, in my opinion, with. I think people like when. Hmm, I was going to say something. Is that controversial? He, when like, Salah it, retires, yeah, he'll be in that echelon. Obviously, Salah right. is more predominantly prem. Let's do like this. I'll give you. I'm going to give you players. And I was going to say, say like Sergio Aguero. No, you got to say who was better, right? Okay. Zlatan or Drogba? Zlatan or Drogba? Zlatan. Zlatan or Lewandowski? Lewandowski. See, that's already a big one, isn't it? Yeah. Like Zlatan or Benzema? But I think he's in Benzema. that conversation. Benzema. Zlatan or Harry Kane? Ooh! Uh, Zlatan. I mean, for real? <laughs> yeah! I don't know. <laughs> Harry Kane is good, man. I know. Maybe you should put these out. Yeah, I don't know. Zlatan um, or Cavani? Zlatan. Zlatan Cavani's or good. Falcao? Zlatan. Slatan or Victor Ibarbo? <laughs> Ibarbo every day, Ibarbo mate. Every 95 day. pace. 95, Come mate. On. Colombian Donny. But um, yeah, no, I think he's one of those players where he's not going to be in that all-time conversation with like the likes of he's Messi, not even the best, Ronaldo. Is he, is he the best Swedish striker of all time? Is he better than Larsen? I don't think so. Oh, no, he is. I think Larsen was different. Yeah, but this is... But Larson spent a lot of time in Celtic, at yeah. Celtic, which is like... No, I think Slatan's good, but he'll be in that conversation of strikers that are like just below... The elite, the elite, the elite, the elite tier, yeah. yeah. I'm talking this, this like group of strikers is like Aguero, it's Lewandowski, maybe Harry Kane, Benzema, Benzema, and then you've got the killers like R9. Um, like he's probably, I would say he's like, oh, yeah, the top tier is the the R9 the goats. Yeah, I, I don't even know who else you put in that. Like Ronaldo is a striker, maybe. Yeah. Um, CR7 that is yeah I don't know who, who else goes like up yeah. Eto maybe Eto was good yeah maybe like, Eto and Henri yeah Shearer Shearer and then you've got that tier below Wait, like, what about like Van Persie where's he rate rank better maybe. or worse is Zlatan worse you think he was quite but his career was like a bit shorter like yeah maybe like, he's in that tier below that bigger tier that we were just talked about yeah he's like in there with like the drug bar drug bar oh where does Michael Owen go I don't know man <laughs> he's dry isn't he? maybe we should do like a all time striker tier list episode yeah, maybe. we got, we got, we got content coming in the summer so that could yeah, be we do. some we of do. it but yeah I mean that's a, that's a big loss to the sport of football but I'm sure he'll be around because you just can't keep that man quiet nah he's a top dog was... you've got to rate his mentality like no player backs himself as much as he does yeah I saw a tweet it was like we're never going to see anyone like but him he again w- he was like 40 something years old and done his ACL and then came back within like what was it like yeah, four months yeah built different kind of mentalities like, yeah. different COVID has Latin. <laughs> like what yeah it's, it's crazy but another player that is not leaving football but leaving effectively leaving, <laughs> leaving competitive European football 
is a Kareem Benzema. I actually made this call the other week. You did. We got a guy in the comments saying, you guys are smashing it. And I was like, yeah, my yeah. guy's got big brain. Yeah, I actually I, I, I um, predicted Luke that. predicted uh, Harry Kane to um, Real, Madrid. Real Madrid. And, and I Benz- predicted Benzema ben- to Saudi. Benzema's gone to Al Itad, I think it is. Is it is it confirmed yet, or is it all but confirmed? I think it's uh, Fabrizio Romano confirmed. So maybe it's like the stage just below. I've, I've seen there. him confirm though, uh, Alexis McAllister to Liverpool, and then I've seen a Brighton correspondent come out and say nothing's happened. Games, although like I'm not. I, I hate everything about transfer Twitter. It's it's, it's like uh, football Twitter. Anyone with anyone worse. with access to the internet can yeah. have an in the know account. Yeah, and it's, it's just so like, bad. But um, I think. Benzema to Saudi, not necessarily where, because I've seen this fuck situation where apparently the owner of Newcastle, the Saudi investment fund, owns the four biggest Saudi clubs. How can the biggest clubs... That's like saying Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United and Chelsea are all owned by the Queen or something. I'm I'm getting getting wafts of Chinese league where they buy all these wash players. Yeah, and I'm not saying Benzema's wash. He's still good. Mm. But like, you're buying products near an expiry date. Yeah. But like, like you set up a corner shop, yeah? But you're buying a Kit Kat that's got like two weeks left on it. You know what I mean? Why are you buying the milk that Waitrose is throwing out? Waitrose being the top leagues in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, come on. Still. No, but it's it, interesting. It, it, he's going to go there and fair play to him. He... It was it was he's he's like one of the greatest strikers of all time. There's not even, like yes, there are fewer strikers who are more complete than him. He does everything. He scores goals. He creates goals. He's like what 34, 30, Was he thirty six? Maybe. Yeah, no idea. He's, he's quite old, yeah. and he's and he's still doing it week in week out in, mm. in for the like one of the top teams in the world. And he had just all the weight of the world on his shoulders after Ronaldo left, and he stepped up. And no one really thought he could. And if it wasn't for that spat between him and the French uh, like national football team, yeah, football yeah. national team. I mean, what did he do? He blackmailed Valbuena, so it's pretty dodge. But but yeah, I mean, but like if that didn't happen, Mm. he would have gone down as probably like France's greatest striker of all time. Yeah, now it's bloody shrewd, mate. How's that happen? But um, yeah, it's mental. It's interesting. I think for Saudi, it's not a case of get elite footballers in there. It's get elite names and bring as many eyes onto the Saudi league as possible. And that's what I saw a thing where it's like apparently they're going to invest twenty billion Into into like their league. And I think at that point, obviously, you're not going to get... You can buy great players, yeah. But you can't buy football infrastructure. I'm mm. sorry, yeah. But the the culture uh, is just not football culture. Mm. Like, th- people play football here because it's like, it's like... It's the working man's sport. Like, it's the release from everyone's working day to day. And it's... We don't... I, I don't go to QPR to see big names play. Mm. I go to support my team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, like, you're gonna see, you're gonna see, like, these kids are like, look at. I, I'm not saying because I don't know 100 percent yet. I was like, gonna say, but like, how maybe can, it's how a can case you of... have like, who's gonna be like in England being like, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch Alatad later. No, like, but it's did, not necessary. Alatad, uh, English people watching Alatad is to Asian people. But like, why would the American market watch like? Not necessarily the American market. Asia's they, a big market. Like, of course it is. So I think it's a case of them uh, growing know, up. Try, they are trying to do it, but like... Yeah, it's them got, growing up and not having kind of like names to get on the back of their shirt. But now they'll grow up and they'll have Messi on the back of the shirt. They'll have... Uh, not Messi, but he'll probably end up there. They'll have Ronaldo on the back of the shirt. They'll have Benzema but on like, the back of the shirt. But like surely it's, it's better like to grow it from the ground up and actually like invent... And I think they are doing that. I know there's like the Qatari Development League mm. and like whatever, but... 
but that's yeah, it, it, it with the Saudi money nothing is it's not going to be natural is it? they, they be want it to be quick, quick term success it'd be and, interesting and to see how it turns yeah, out yeah it will be but yeah um, we'll come back after the break just a little bit more transfer talk and we'll wrap it up come back after the break bye <laughs> we are deep into I say deep but we're in the very beginning stages of the transfer merry-go-round it is um, a bloody merry-go-round the striker it? market it. is it's moving it's moving I mean you've got the likes of uh, Victor Osterman who's probably going to be on his way out of Napoli but no no real like hard links to any teams I think mm. people are seeing, waiting for, to see who makes the first move and I think that's going to be Real Madrid so who Real Madrid move for is going to be interesting because yeah, obviously kind of forced, haven't they, Benzema is yeah. leaving I think they were hoping he would stay for at least another season they got that Endrick Don from yeah I think he's uh, Brazilian stay, he's getting loaned out for another season yeah he's I'm still young sure. and he's 16 or whatever yeah he's banging off football manager Correct. but um, yeah so Real Madrid have had their hands sort of forced by this Benzema move um, and um, it'd be interesting they're the ones who are going to strike first in the market they've and got a couple of people on their uh, hit list haven't they Harry Kane Harry Kane um, Kai, Havertz. Kai Havertz. Who else have they got? Um, I think Oshman is on everyone's list. Oshman's got to be on everyone's list. So I think it's between them three. Is Havertz not weird though? Havertz, I think, is such a weird link. I know they were interested in him when he was at Leverkusen before Chelsea signed him. But I think at that point, he was a young prospect at kind of like the eight or ten role. He was scoring like 30 goals in the season from like the ten role, yeah. But... I think if you watch him in his time at Chelsea, you can't. Surely you don't look at him and be like, "That's a player we need to replace Kareem Benzema." You need a player that's going to secure you 20, 20 goals easy. Havertz, I don't think he's hit ten for Chelsea in his whole time here. No season. It, it hasn't really, up, really worked out. I mean, would you, would you pick him over Jao Felix? No. Do you know what I mean? Not a Maybe they could go nab him off of their rivals in Atletico. Yeah, do they do business? Is it like that? Maybe I don't know. They all do. Oh, yeah, weird business I mean, in the Liga, didn't they? Didn't they? Who? Barcelona did business. Barcelona, with Atletico, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure they. No, they must do. Yeah, they. Look, Courtois. Oh, he had Chelsea in between. I yeah, suppose. I know, but still, because they yeah. like, but the Atletico like removed his plaque and stuff. Yeah, which is mad. But yeah, um, Harry Kane as well is on their radar, which would be interesting to see. I've, for me, I can't see Harry Kane leaving. The Premier League. Nah, it's like it's not the same as like Italian players not leaving Serie A because there are I'd say probably more oh, actually no that's not entirely true but it is kind of like that I don't you don't see many English players in their prime decide to do their prime in a place that's not England well and I think for Harry Kane it's like he can stay in England he can still go for Shearer's record and he he was like he still has a chance of winning something hmm. he's probably absolutely raging that Man City signed Haaland <laughs> because that could have been him if they if he, he'd signed for Man City that season or se- the season before they wouldn't have gone and signed Haaland mm. and he's probably thinking I could have had probably one or two Premier Leagues could have a Champions League nearly could have an FA Cup no one would be talking about the fact that he's like trophyless yeah he would go after to, one City he would after one season he'd one season at City he'd yeah. be going down as the greatest English striker of all time yeah and he, he he's missed that window but I think he goes to United. I think he, he goes to maybe Chelsea. Do a job. Mm. Uh, he would mate, do. It. He just needs to leave Spurs for the love get of him God. Down, get him down Anfield. Angie Postacoglu, though, he'd oh. be his bloody man. I've been gassing up Angie Postacoglu for a hot minute. I think he's a quality manager. He plays very good attacking baseball. A lot football. of the Tifo boys like him as well. And for Spurs, annoyingly, as much as I don't like Spurs, I think this is quite a good appointment. 
He makes he he signed, he signed like a lot of Japanese players. For he's Celtic very well, likable. I'm a big fan of them, like bringing in like. I think Celtic have a, a link with uh, Asia, so they bring a lot of Japanese players. Yeah, in. but um, yeah, I think he's quite likable, and he'll make Spurs a better team. He's just will coming in with will like a clear identity. Conte had that, but he was like serial winner, but it's a negative footballing identity. I'm Whereas interested po- to see if when Postacoglu got signed, he was like, because he strikes me as someone that could play with not big names. And maybe he was the best candidate for post Harry Kane life. And I feel like maybe a lot of the other managers were like, you need to do everything you can to keep Harry Kane. Yeah. And maybe Daniel Levy's like, nah, we can't do that. Well, you can imagine Postacoglu like working with the likes of Richarlison with Son. I think he's probably better at working with the lesser names. Yeah. Now, maybe that's where Spurs are heading, obviously, with Harry Kane leaving. Son will probably be out the door sooner rather than later. Hugo Lloris is leaving Spurs. So they're going to... What if Robertson went in for Son? They need a rebrand. And I think Postacoglu's the right guy for it. Yeah. No, it's interesting... Interesting times in the Premier League. Who else is uh, looking on for the manager merry-go-round? Have you got anyone else? Um, so Leeds haven't got a manager at the moment. No longer in the Prem. They're no longer in the Prem, Sam Allardyce. Leicester, no longer have a manager. No longer have a manager. No what, Graham Prem. Potter, apparently. Um, Don't see that happening. Same with Southampton. No longer in the Prem, no longer a manager. Um, it's going to be it's gonna be a weird start to the Premier League season. It's going to be really strange because there's going to be so much movement in in the, in the midst of this market that I think will come out of left field. Like you forget how quickly transfer stories move and evolve. Mm. Like Harry Kane could be on the brink of signing for you know Man United, and then suddenly Guardiola's got him over at the SER saying, "Right, you're going to play behind Haaland." Well, it's Monday now. West Ham play their um, Europa Conference League final on Wednesday. Uh, Arsenal could put a bid on Thursday because uh, all the rumours are that Arsenal are going to wait for West Ham You're to play like, their final it, yeah. and then bosh in that Declan Rice bid. So Declan Rice could be a player. But I've seen Arsenal I've seen multiple sources saying that Declan Rice is on the ver- he's turned on by the idea of joining Bayern Munich. Yeah, there's I this think- one German reporter that is so sure he's going to Bayern, but I just can't I don't see think it. So. I, like, I think so. He's just a proper London lad. He has done his absolute service to a team, like a mid-table Premier League team. Why would he leave um, the Prem for a different uh, country's league when he has a plethora of options in and like, the top six of the Prem? Bayern Munich aren't really that appealing right now. Like, mm. they don't have... like the two, they, Rumours that Tuchel was going to get sacked on the final day yeah. after winning the Bundesliga. They sacked Nagelsmann, who wasn't even doing that badly. I'd say Arsenal are more appealing prospect, definitely. And then Chelsea, even though they've got like an absolute... F- circus going on at the moment the fact that he's a Chelsea fan and Chelsea he lives in London already that's probably a more interesting prospect to him I don't think he's ever going to go to uh, Bayern no and I think like he doesn't come to Arsenal boy it is, it's, it's difficult as well and I, it, I think did you see um, on the Sky F1 where they were doing like the interviews and Mason Ben, Mount, ben Chilwell yeah. was like yeah. he's going to Man United yeah yeah, yeah. Mason Matt's Man United how does that work Where's where's he where's he fit into that? Does he play like a head, so you have got like Casemiro, Mason Mount, yeah. Fernandez? I in that think sort he of probably like, like plays a, an eight, like Ericsson with less um, like attacking IQ and creativity, but with more legs, a bit more direct, maybe yeah. a bit more of a runner. I think it'd be a good signing. It'd be an interesting signing. I Weird to see him. At he, United, he could though. he could be like a proper Man United like player. Like they they struggle to unlock defenses. Like they they their only real outlet is. That over the top ball to Rashford. Yeah, I think him playing with Bruno Fernandes with Casemiro behind him. Obviously, they'll need to eventually 
move on from Casemiro. He's a bit old. He's still quality, but they need to get a, an elite DM. Maybe that's why they're linked to Declan Rice, but I don't think they'll get that over the line because you can't have Declan Rice and Casemiro and play one of them. Both <laughs> of them are going to want to start. But I think maybe the window after, they need to get a big DM. But for now, Casemiro, Mason Mount and Bruno Fernandes, that's a Champions League midfield if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I think Mason Mount, I've not always been his biggest fan or his biggest plaudit, but... He's had a shit season. Let's say yeah, no, he's he, had a he shit has. season. He has. But he's good I player. had my brother trying to tell me Curtis Jones is better than Mason Mount. Never. Curtis Jones is good, but never. Not not near the level. Mason Mount is a real quality player and there's a reason why manager after manager have, have tried to make it work with him. Yeah. And clearly, it's had. A, he's like, there's some things going on behind the I think the he'd get on quite well with Ten, ten Hag. I think. And he's, yeah, he's clearly a hard-working, We said like, this about Mason Mount, that he's very good at, if you give him specific instructions, he'll follow that to a T. And Ten Hag strikes me as a guy who's like system-heavy, imparts a lot of instructions on their plates. And maybe that's why he does not like Harry Maguire because Harry Maguire is probably thick as shit and can't follow these instructions. Whereas like players that can follow instructions like Casemiro, you can see he's an instruction player. You tell him to just do that midfield work, he'll do it. So I think players like Wan-Bissaka, if you give him strict instructions, and that's why Wan-Bissaka is back in the team now. And I think Mason Mount is that Luke kind Shaw of player. as well. Give him instructions, Mason Mount will cook. And yeah. I think Ten Hag will I like mean, him. Ten Hag uh, is building a sort of like English contingent there. I mean, you'll have Wan-Bissaka on the right, You'll have Luke Shaw on the left, or even playing centre back. Rashi, James yeah, Sancho, Rash, Rashford, Sancho. Yeah, yeah. Good. I mean, who's going to play out front for Man United next season? That's the thing. It's like if they go big on Mason Mount, because I'm seeing like sixty-ish 60 mil. Obviously, Man United got peas. They could drop 180 million and get him and Harry Kane. They, that should it, be. But I, I've doing. seen Harry Kane is available for like 100 million, like to outside of Europe. Uh, sorry, outside the UK, outside the Prem, should I say? Okay. And uh, 120 or 150 to. One thing that got confirmed to me during the FA Cup is that David De Gea is so washed and they need a new keeper. Dean Henderson, mate. I know he's not the top top tier, but he's better than De Gea. He is better than De Gea, but I'd... I don't know. Can they get Raya? I don't know how much he's going David for. Raya, yeah. yeah. Maybe, I don't Even know. Even like um, Roberto uh, Sanchez from Brighton. He's Sanchez, going back up to Jason yeah, Steele, wasn't he? Yeah, he'd so. be a move. But yeah, I, they need a new goalkeeper because I, some of the goals... Like, that fucking Gundogan's second goal so bad the first one's harsh because like it's, it's just top ins and it's so early in the yeah. game he's probably still getting his gloves on but mate the second one I've seen people say oh it comes through defenders mate it literally like trickles through defenders it's, yeah, it's just, someone needs to get a leg on it and so should bad. be there before the ball reaches the net but yeah um, summer and, transfers are exciting though yeah mate exciting times and we'll shout be... out TIFO we're going to TIFO live this Wednesday so if you're there this will have actually come out already but no this wouldn't have come out if you went to TIFO I hope you enjoyed it because yeah, we definitely we did. There, yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you very much for watching. The summer is upon us. We've got one more game really left of the season before an exciting summer schedule yeah. of fun, thrills. Oh, the next episode spills. after this will be episode 50. So yeah, stay tuned for that. That's an absolute banger. Following on from that, we've got the Como video and the Ajax video. And then just a summer full of transfer news, gossip, keeping you busy. Some very special interviews, some very special giveaways. So keep your eyes collaborations. Yeah, it's going to be good. But yeah, make sure you hit that subscribe button. It's really important to us. We really appreciate it when everyone does. And uh, But yeah, guys, thank you very much for watching. It's been Bordeaux, episode number 49. We're going back to the corner where we first started, baby. Going back to the corner where I first saw you. And it's live. Let's go.